Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. I'm excited to be here. If you came in this morning, or if you've been here for the last few weeks, uh, you'll see out there in the bulletin, or out in the lobby, they've got the, the sign that says, Dead Without Love, and that's our series today. Uh, my name is Jeremiah. I'm one of the pastors here. I get to serve alongside the prayer team, which I want to throw out a plug to those guys. If you're here at Awaken Church you, and you just want to be a part of something, but you, I don't know what, those guys meet every morning at 830 to 8, or every Sunday morning, 830 to 845. We meet back there and we pray for everybody. We pray for all this, the things that we know about. We, we ask God to show us things we don't know about. Um, so pray about that. Join that team. That's a great team. Um, they've been doing an amazing job even before Awaken Church was here. Those guys, uh, Miss Debbie and that crew was here praying before this even came. So uh, pray about being a part of that. Um, another thing I get to do is uh, help lead a ministry here in Clarksville called Right for One Ministries. Uh, it's a great fellowship. We get to just take the gospel into dark places. And, and I'm thankful for Josh and Raquetta and all the, all the people that are a part of that just push into it. And Cody, and I just want to say thank you guys. Um, but I'm excited to be here. If you have your Bible, start getting them open to 1 Corinthians 13. When we put these notes together, uh, Tina asked me, what Bible translation and what verses do you want? And I'm old school. I don't like this thing. I like it where you got this, or you just start cracking it open, and you're going through the pages. So they'll be up there on the board for, for the newer generation. But we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Again, I'm excited. The, the title of the series is Dead Without Love. And the title for today's message is Love is War. Love is War is the title. And what I get to teach today is two simple verses, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, which are really odd verses if you're reading 1 Corinthians 13, because it's all about love and it's all about this process. But I get to tell you that love is a maturing process. And in that maturing process, is where the warfare really begins because you have to go to battle if you're going to walk out this Christian walk. And I want to ask you, did you know that we're at war? Every person that claims to be a Christian that is born again and filled with the Holy Spirit is fighting three battles. I don't care who you are. If you're following Jesus, you are in three battles at all times. Number one, you're fighting your own flesh. Number two, you're fighting the world system. And the world can very easily be defined as a system that is contrary to the things of Christ. It's, a, it's an ideological war that is against Christianity. And us in here have to fight that. We can't just go along with some of the things that the world's out there is telling us, okay. And then the last war that we're a part of is a war against the demons and the spiritual hosts and Satan and all those things out there that everybody shies away from. And we're at war constantly. And I want to let you know that all, this is it, all love is war. I don't care who we are. All love is war, but not all war is love. I just want you to ponder that thought today um, as we go through this message. And I want to read a quote. If you grew up in the 80s like I did, you may recognize this author. She says, we are young. Heartache to heartache, we stand. No promises, no demands. Love is a battlefield. We are strong. No one can tell us we are wrong. Searching our hearts for so long, 
both of us knowing that love is a battlefield. That's Pat Benatar. I'm going to read you something from a guy named John Piper with a, a Christian rapper named Tadashi. Some of you may know this as well. John Piper says this, I hear so many Christians murmuring about their imperfections and their failures and their addictions and their shortcomings, and I see so little war. Murmur, murmur, murmur. Why am I this way? Make war. And then Tadashi comes in, and he says, ba-bang, bang, ba-bang with me. No more playing games, man, because this thing can get risky. So man, if you're in Christ, take up your cross quickly. Stand fearless on the front line. Time to come with it. Do the right thing. Wake up and let's get it. I ain't even in the ring. They throw in blows like Riddick, persistently attacking me. They even in the back of me. It's either fight or lose my life and I can't take it passively. So what you think I'm about to do? I'm about to do what I can do. Trust the one who got me through and fight like it was after school. Never given up. Steady, standing on the battlefield. Feet firm on the ground like I stepped on Chapel Hill. Flesh feeling frisky. Sin persuades and tempts me. Satan cheers me on. Guilt followed by conviction. It's the same old trap. And we fall like we are defenseless. Work your senses. Grow in wisdom and stand relentless. I make war because sin never stops. It's got me in a trance and you can see it in my dreams. I make war. Man, I beat my flesh to the death. Every breath like I beat my chest. I make war from the sun up. I make war to the sun down. I make war. Time in, I make war. Time out, I make war against lust, against pride, against me until I die. Do you even have a clue what happened to you when he died? When that tomb got rolled, when he rose into the sky, I think we emphasize sin so much that it makes us paralyzed, that it makes us terrified, and de-emphasize the fact that we have been sterilized from our own lives, and thus we got a snap out of it. We ain't in no straitjacket, we free. When Jesus died in our lives, something strange happened. He gave us power. Yeah, I know that we're sinners, but since he rose, he's renewing the image of God in us. Now we got to start making war. Now we can start saying no to them fleshly impulses that Jesus Christ is paying for. Now we can start taking the lead, just like the Dalai Lama, and start going around like a suicide bomber. (laughs) Whatever the sin is, we got to go go, go harder. By his grace, no time to waste and just, just, just like there's no tomorrow. That is Tadashi talking about warfare. And I want us to know today that we are at war. And if you call yourself a Christian, there's three battles that I want you to just be aware of for the rest of your life. It's the battle against your flesh. It's the battle against that world system out there. And it's a battle for your spiritual lives that, that Satan himself would love to see you crush and he would love to see your kids crushed and your marriage crushed and your faith. God, thank you for this morning again. Lord, I just ask that you would open up your word. God, I pray that you get me out of the way. Speak what you want to speak to Awaken Church this morning and fill this place, Lord, just with your presence. 
Just take us back to that heart of worship, God. We just love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, the title, the topic is Dead Without Love. But what I want to share with you guys today is kind of, kind of a weird flip the script thing. So we walk in here and we see this dead without love. But I want to tell you, if you're in here and you follow Jesus, you are dead within love. Because this warfare that we have to fight is one that tells us that we are going to be dying to ourselves. We're going to be going to battle against things we don't even see. We don't even know. Sometimes we got to get in and just lift up the name of Jesus because that's the only thing that we can, we can do in those moments. So in that moment, just know that, that we in this room are dead without love, but we're also dead within love. And two weeks ago, Pastor Nate talked about us being a church that's on mission. Actually, we've been talking about that since January. A church that's on mission. We're, we're going out and we're doing things. And I thought that was cool. We brought that symbol up and said, you know what? If you go out there and you try to talk to homeless people about Jesus without love in your heart, you're just like a symbol crashing, crashing, crashing. And I thought that was a great illustration of what it means to be dead without love. Pastor Kevin, the next week, talked about how there's all these gifts that are going to fade away, and then eventually, it's the, the only thing that's going to last is love. As I said, love never fails. If you've ever read Fox's Book of Martyrs, which I encourage you to read this, you'll see in there that the Apostle John, who was the Apostle of love, they couldn't kill him. They tried to boil him alive in oil, and it says he could not die because of love. And so this thing that we're here today, we get to this point, and then I got the, the, the crazy verses about childish things and stuff. So what I'm here to tell you is this, love is a maturing process, and we're going to find out today that you and I, we have to give up some childish things, and then we also have to be aware that one day you will know me like I know you, and I will know you like you know me, and God's going to be known in us. And all the things that make us who we are is going to be known by all of you. So I want to talk a little bit about Corinth real quick. Uh, this letter that we're reading about is 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 13. Uh, a lot of theologians believe that there was actually four letters that Paul wrote to the church of Corinth. Uh, the, the only two that we have is 1 and 2 Corinthians. They, they got canonized, so we call those uh, you know, our scriptures. But the name Corinth is, is peculiar because it comes from a Greek word, Corinthizomai, which actually means practice fornication. And so we were talking earlier, like, what if you lived in that city and you're, you're on a bus and you're like, hey, I'm Jeremiah, I'm from Clarksville, where are you from? Hey, I'm Bill, I'm from practice fornication. That's the name of Corinth. And so in Corinth, prior to this, probably about 140 years before Paul was there, uh, there was a temple that was designed to uh, worship the sex goddess Dianus. And in that temple was a thousand prostitutes that did all kinds of horrible things, sexual things, in the name of, of, of worship for this, this goddess. Corinth was a very wealthy city. It was, it was known for two things. It was known for its wealth. It was known for that evil corruption. There were two ports in that city, one funneled up to the Italy and Europe area, and another funneled back to the Asian place. So there was a lot of wealth. There was a lot of money. There was a lot of bad stuff in there. And in that city, you had the wealth. You had all this weird sexual stuff going on that you could have sexual relations with zero strings attached. And if you look in 1 Corinthians 8, he even talks, Paul talks about meat that was sacrificed to devils. So they had the wealth 
They had the flesh that they could feed into. They had this ideological system that was counter to, to righteousness in Christ. And they had some satanic stuff going on. And so I want you to think about us today. What do we have? We have a lot of those same struggles here. We have battles in the flesh. We have battles out there in the world system that if you're not following Jesus, you're just going to think that all that stuff they're telling you is true. And now you're just giving in. You have the enemy trying to steal your faith. But we as a church have decided we're on mission and we are going to go. And so we collectively and we individually are going to have these three battles all the time. Your flesh, the world, and Satan himself trying to, trying to steal your joy. And so we, we learn how to fight those battles. We study our scriptures. We read the Bible. We pray. We fast. And this idea of the flesh, that's a pretty simple concept. It's your lust. It's your pride. It's, it's that part of you that you know isn't right, but you just want to give into it. In Galatians 2.20 and 1 Corinthians 15 and Romans 6, all these Bible verses tell us how to fight that war. You have to crucify yourself. You have to see yourself on that cross with our Lord and Savior dead to your sin in order to make it through the battle of your flesh. And I'll tell you, that is a hard battle to fight sometimes because you just want to give in to that, whatever it is. I need this. I want this. The battle against the, the, the world we see in Romans chapter 12, we see that our mind has to be renewed. And as our mind is renewed, now we become living sacrifices. So again, we are dying to something and now we are living sacrifice in this worldly system that's going a certain direction and we are transformed and now we begin to prove what is the will of God. Look it up, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And then to fight the battle of the enemy, it's very different. You don't fight demonic battles the same way you fight flesh battles. You can't crucify a demon. You crucify your flesh. You pray and fast with that demonic stuff. James 4, 8 says, flee or resist the devil. He will flee from you. There's just, there's things that are going on. And as we walk this walk, we need to know what this warfare looks like. And what I'm here to tell you is that without love, we can't fight those battles. We can't, we, we can't win them. But within love, we have to die to ourselves, And we have to die to some of those things that keep us back. And so the goal for us in here today is that we don't sit back passively, but that we get in the fight Love defines, love is defined in 1 Corinthians 13. We've been going through it. It describes the, the necessity of love. It describes the working out of love. It says what it is, says what it isn't. And we're looking through there and it just keeps driving down to this one thing and that's maturity. It's a maturity in Christ. It's a maturing process. It's like this, this idea of a soldier that's willing to die for his nation. He's willing to go into battle and fight and die for people he doesn't know, for a, a country that may or may not have his best interest, but he's willing to do that. And my question to you in this room is, are you willing to do that for the sovereign king of all kings and the Lord of all lords? Are you willing to go into battle and take your thoughts and your plans and your ideas and crucify them to say, I'm going to do what the Lord's telling me to do. Because on this mission, if you're not able to do that, then you're just like that symbol that Nate was crashing. 
Are you willing to change the way you think, the way you do battle? Are you willing to get in the battle? Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, please. First Corinthians 13, verse 11 says this. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So here we're seeing the culmination of all this love talk and all this friend, you know, this stuff. We're seeing a culmination in that saying, man, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. But now that I'm a man, I'm maturing because of the, the, the 10 verses before this. I get to this point and now I'm maturing. There's some things I got to do. Paul understands that he, as a child, spoke, thought, and act a certain way. But now he's an adult. He has to speak, act, and think a different way. And the same way is true with you and I in here. We thought a certain way when we were little. We think a certain way now. And when I'm over here on my deathbed, I'm going to think a, a different way as well. And it's this process. And what we're learning here in 1 Corinthians 13 is that this love defines that maturing process. And Paul is saying he needs to change the way he thinks. And this maturing process that we're talking about today, if you follow it out, it may put to death your ideas. The thoughts that you have may actually die if you follow this out. Going to war against your flesh, going to war against your lust, you're going to war against pride, you're going to war against this worldly system that tells us things that are berserk and bonkers and somehow we believe it. The biggest argument that I have against the way the world sees things is evolution. I'm thankful there's some intellects in this room that can maybe agree with me. Evolution is the craziest concept ever. Amen. It says we come from a single cell organism and now we, we, we turn into this thing and now we're here or some versions of evolution say we come from monkeys and then we, we transform into here. But I'm telling you, man, go to the very first book in Genesis chapter one, verse 27. It says we are created in the image of God Imago Dei, that means image of God. I'm made in the image of God. So if evolution is true and I'm made in the image of God, then that means God is a single cell organism and I have somehow evolved past God and I'm where I'm at today. That is, that is the worldly way of thinking. We got to go to war against that in love. You can't just crash that symbol and tell somebody, hey, that's crazy. Man, you got to be in prayer and you got to be in fellowship. Paul said we have to give up our childish ways and our childish ways of thinking and doing things. And, and I want to challenge you. Ask God to show you what to give up today. Let's look at verse 12. Verse 12 says this, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. So he's, he's really saying there that we're seeing in a mirror dimly. So I like to say you're seeing it as something kind of fuzzy, right? And I wonder how many of us in here kind of see life a little fuzzy. Like I know something is about to happen, but I don't know what it is. 
or I know I need to change some things in my life, but I don't know what that is. But I just know it's just kind of fuzzy. And I just got to keep following Jesus. But what Paul's saying here is, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Another thing that Corinth was known for was taking brass and polishing it up to a high shine, and they could see their face in this metal that they've shined up. But it would be dim. It would be kind of like dark. And as they looked in there, they could kind of see what they got going on. Not like the mirrors we have today where you can do all kinds of stuff. But they would look into this mirror, and they would understand when he said, for now I see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. I want to dial in on that then face to face part. Because there's a day coming when all of that fuzzy, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not sure what God's plan for my life is. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how to get there. All that stuff's going to go away. And you're going to see clear. It says right here, you're going to see clearly, face to face. I will know in part. I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am. And the, the English Standard Version says, as I am fully known. Mine just says, as I am known. But what Paul's saying here is there's coming a day when all that fuzzy knowledge is going to be gone away. I'm going to know things. God's going to know me. I'm going to know God. I'm going to know Mindy. I'm going to know the next person. And I'll know those things. If you look back up just a couple of verses in verse nine, it says, for now we know in part and we prophesy in part, but then when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. So what he's saying here is right now, yes, it's fuzzy. Some things don't make sense, but there's coming a day when perfection comes. And when that perfection comes, we are going to know and be fully known as God knows us. And that perfection, it's going to expose you and I for who we really are. So Paul's telling the Corinthians, one day you're going to be fully known by everybody. And I'm here to tell you one day we, I am going to be fully known by everybody. And so my challenge to you today is this. Is the you that's sitting here right now in this room ready for the me of the future to know the you of today? Is there things you got going on in your life right now that you don't want me to know about 20, 30 years when Jesus comes back and that knowledge is full and perfection comes and now we're just all, we know each other? You have to make war against the things that are keeping you in the place where they're at. And if you believe what the scriptures say, then will you live like you believe it? Will you ask God to show you what to take away from your life? So the church is on mission. We're going out. We're doing what God's told us to do. We don't have a choice. It's the great commission. It wasn't the great option. You've got to go out and make disciples. And in that process is a war that we have to fight. And we have to know that our flesh is trying to come against us, that the world is trying to come against us, and we have to always remember that Satan himself is trying to come against us. And I just, I, I love the fact that we are here in Clarksville, Tennessee, and we have a lot of soldiers in here because I don't know any soldiers that would just sit back and let the enemy come in. We've got a mission, guys. We have to go and we have to do what the Lord's telling us to do. Your flesh wants you to fail. The world wants you to fail. And the enemy 
He not only wants you to fail, he wants to steal and to kill and to destroy and just crush every part of you. He wants to take your kids. He wants to take your marriage. We have to be willing to fight. This world system is crazy. I remember as a kid, you know, we'd walk through the mall and if you wanted to see like this half-naked model, you'd have to go into the store and look for the poster or the billboard. Now you just walk down the, the mall. It's right out there in the front. It's in the windows. Sometimes they're, they're standing in the doorway. When you drive down the interstate, it's up on the billboards. That stuff never used to be there. But somehow the world's telling you, this is okay. This is the direction we're going. We're, we're celebrating stuff and doing weird things. And, and you've got to be ready to fight that. You can't, you can't just say that's okay. I got three war heroes that I, that I loved as a kid, and I still love them as, as an adult. Uh, Rambo, one of my favorite movies. It's like Rocky. It just keeps going. But there's a scene in, in Rambo 2 where, where he gets off the helicopter, and he's so mad at how the operation went. He goes inside the, 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 the talk, and he just starts shooting this M60. Of course, the 1980s you know, special effects stuff's flying everywhere. And he's just shaken. And I challenge the men in here, go to war like that against all the things that will keep your flesh just growing. Just fight to destroy those things in your life that, that are distracting you, that are trying to keep you away. Another hero of mine is William Wallace. And in the very last scene, one of the last scenes of Braveheart, he's lying on the bed and they're about to cut him in half. And... They just want him to beg for mercy because he's this warrior and, and he's laying there and he's, he's like really in it. And he starts to say something and all the people in the movie, they kind of lean in to hear him beg for mercy. I've seen that movie a hundred times. I still, come on, man, just beg for mercy. But he goes, freedom! Gosh, what an awesome movie. The last movie is Last of the Mohicans. That is my favorite movie. And I've watched that movie since the 90s, and I did not know that the main actor's name was Natty Bumpo <laughs> until I did this message. It's like, Natty Bumpo? So Natty Bumpo is this white male child who's raised by Native Americans, and he represents the frontier falling to pieces and the Native American way going away, and he's trying to fight these battles, and, and they just go through, and these movies just fire me up. But there's one thing that's common to all three of those movies is that none of those guys would ever just sit back and let things happen. They just wouldn't be passive about it. They're going to go to war. And it's, it's, I just keep saying, it's this process that we're in because of love. We're dead without love. We are dead within love and we got to be willing to die. But I've not always been that way. I've not always had this this thought process. When I was a kid, my dad used to watch the news every day, five o'clock until I passed out. (laughs) He would listen to the news in his car on the radio and I hated it. He would read the newspaper. Like I couldn't even go buy a radio without, with hearing somebody talk about something in the news and I just get cringy. Like, ugh. When I was a kid, I lived in a part of the country where there was these, uh, weird houses that they would just build out in the middle of nowhere. 
They would dig a hole in the ground and put a box over it, and that was their toilet. They didn't have electricity. They didn't have plumbing. It was just a weird part of the country where people would go out and, and live in these little buildings, and then they would abandon them and, va- and just leave. And I can remember my brothers and I, we would go out there, and we'd be looking for all kinds of bad stuff. We'd be looking for magazines and, and cigarettes and alcohol and all this stuff. We'd be looking for that out in the woods. When I was a kid, I could eat whatever I wanted to. I could eat a Twinkie and a bowl of chili at the same time. It didn't matter. Like, I'm just going to eat it all. But now as a man, as I've grown up, I can't pull my ears away from the news. I have to watch that all the time. Are we going to war with Russia? Is this COVID thing really happening? Is the weather outside crazy? Or is the traffic, like I'm watching the news all the time. As a kid, couldn't stand that stuff. As a man, I watch that stuff because I want to know what's going on. As a kid, I ate whatever I wanted to. As a man, I still eat whatever I want to as long as I got Tums and Rolaids and I have some time to let it process. But when I was a kid, I did a certain thing. Now that I'm a man, I do things differently. When I was a kid, I used to search for that bad stuff. But I'm telling you what, as a man, I beg God every single day on, on my knees every day. Protect these eyes, Lord. Don't let me see that stuff. I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want it to affect my mind. I don't want it to affect my heart. I don't want it to affect my life. I don't want it to affect my babies, my wife. I got to go to war against that stuff because you know what? That part of my flesh loves that stuff. It just, it does whatever it is. And I'm not just talking about like looking at, at lustful things online. I'm talking about chasing dreams that aren't even real. I'm talking about hearing something and you think it's the Lord telling you to do something. But man, maybe it's the enemy trying to steer you on a path, trying to take you from what God wants you to do to send you in a direction that, that you're not meant to go. And you know what? If we fall for that, you know why we fell for that? Because we're not in this word We're not on our knees in prayer. We're not fellowshipping with other believers. We got things going on. And I'm telling you, love is the only way that we can do that. And love is this maturing process that causes you to go to war. When I was a babe in Christ, I didn't even know we were at war. I just felt like there was unicorns and rainbows everywhere. I was so happy. God took all this drugs away, took all this alcohol away. But when I began to mature as a Christian, the war is real. So finally, as as we close this out, I just want to ask, just want to ask the men in this room to go to war, to ask God to show you what childish things need to go away. What is it? Is it something you're doing that's keeping you from spending time with your wife? Is it something you're doing that's keeping you from your kids? Is it something you're doing that's keeping you from getting in the word? Is it something that's keeping you from hearing the voice of God? Because he speaks to us. But if you're so distracted because you're sitting back and letting the enemy whoop up on you, I'm asking you men, go to war. Women, I'm asking you, when you look in that mirror every morning, you're doing all that work, <laughs> ask God to show you. 
God, show me what it is. Why, why am I fuzzy right now, Lord? Why can't I understand why my kids are doing this or why my husband's doing that or, or why my job is asking me to go here or why is the price of my makeup going up? I don't know. What is it that you're trying to figure out? You look in that mirror every morning. I want you to ask God, show me. God, teach me how to think clearly. The day is coming when you will think clearly, but there's no reason right now that God can't give you that knowledge in your heart and in your mind. Kids, will you love your parents? If you're in this room and you're a kid and your parents are in this room, there's a good chance that your parents love Jesus. Just saying. Will you follow them? Will you, will you pray for your mom and dad? And you see them getting squirrely and they look like they're fighting over something? Do you pray for them? As a group, I'm just going to ask that we ask the Lord to show us what we need to give up as a group. Just show us how, I'm not, I'm not talking about how to get saved. That's a whole different conversation. I'm talking to the believers in this room. Ask God to show you what can I put away? What childish things can I put away? Because I used to think that was okay, but now it's definitely not okay. And then on the other side, will you live your life like you know that one day I'm going to know you. You're, you're going to know me. Let's live in a way that glorifies God. So, close now with all love is war, but not all war is love. And if you're in here tonight, and maybe you, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to do some work in your, in your chair. I just want you to talk to him right now. The Bible says to pray without ceasing, and there is a way that you can pray while I'm talking to you. I do it all the time. It, it freaks the homeless guys out because I'm praying for them while I'm talking to them. But I'm asking you, if you want to know Jesus, but you don't know him, can you do work right where you're at? Can you just ask him, God, show me, show me all this stuff that these guys up here keep talking about, this love, and I want to get right with you. I want to know who Jesus is. And if you're in this room and you're struggling with sin, like there's something in your life that you know, I just got this and I can't get rid of it. Will you ask God to, to, to get rid of it for you? And then finally, ask him to show you what to give up. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.